this is a new well it's an upgraded recording app hopefully this is working it is March 24th 2022 uh, Mike P that's his uh, last name uh, starts with that for blessings he's having a medical test and I uh, trust that God will see it clear hey, did you uh, put Sam Clements on there too I will do that just that he won't yeah. have any trouble from that uh... yeah his tests Sam Clements Chuck Knipp and his dad Randolph Vassie and Linda John and Ruby friends of the Bible study Ray should be well by next week he's doing better Marta and Charles, Reverend Mrs. Davis, Osman and his church in the Gambia, Marcos, salvation for his son, Bob's children, Stephanie and Mike for salvation, unsaved family members up north, pray for those members engaged in war, and our politicians, get saved, Greg Akers, son, Jerry's sister, Judy, and then Jerry Reeves, our dentist and friend, as he continues to recover from his knee replacement. And I think he's back to work, right? I uh, Did they tell you he was back on the job? Uh, who's that? Dr. Jerry. Uh, he is coming into the office some, but I don't think he's actually like working on patients. Good. But I think he's at his desk. Hanging so. out. Opie, Mark, Rick, Ralph, Donnie, Eric, Ray, Ted... Unsaved family members, the Ukraines, Americans, and um, Carolyn Eanes. And you say she lost that she'd be comforted by the Lord. Linda and Roy Hager, Lee Smith. UPS. UPS. Yeah, he's a former employee. Oh, okay. Liver transplant. Yeah. Christian's friend Beth. Our children, our grandchildren, long family. Let's join hands. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much. We thank you for the time we could fellowship together. We thank you for just blessing us by the presence of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you would have heard these prayers and you knew what they'd be before we put them down. May you be glorified in all that you do in accordance with what we have asked tonight for the sake of others. In Jesus' name, amen. If I can just say something, Elaine asked me to ask this Bible group if she, if you guys knew anybody who might be interested in helping Elaine out with a uh, disabled young lady. She needs some help every now and then. <clears throat> and if there's anybody that you guys know that could use... 12 to 15 bucks an hour or something like that. But once in a while, there's no actual time per day. Any kind of help at all would be greatly appreciated. So she asked okay. if you know anybody to put the word out. And it, and the girl just most of the day just watches TV. Yeah. And it's just kind of Somebody's like a be there. Yeah. babysitting job. Sort of. Right. Okay. We'll uh, look at Romans chapter 11. We got Bibles down in there if you want to grab them. Oh, that's all right.
Yeah, I mean, next season. That's all right. That's all right. I'm in the NIV here. Chapter starts out, I ask then, did God reject his people? By no means, I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people, whom he foreknew. Don't you know what the scripture says in the passage about Elijah? How he appealed to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left, and they're trying to kill me. And what was God's answer to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it is no longer by works. If it were, if it were, grace would no longer be grace. We should turn that light on. I'm going to try to see it. There was a remnant of Israel then, to the time of Elijah, and Paul's writing. There's a remnant now, at the uh, time he wrote Romans here, which uh, I don't remember the when Romans was. Yeah. When it was written. This book says 58. Pretty early, either way. And if you're looking different Bibles, sometimes they do have a different... They disagree on exactly when it was... Yeah. Somewhere in that vicinity. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's a long time ago. We're talking close to 2,000 years. I mean, yes. It's hard to keep exact dates when you're talking about yeah. 2,000 years. Yeah. And, and you know the beauty of it is he preserved his work. Yeah. He has, and he'll continue to preserve it. It was nice that when the Dead Sea Scrolls were found to see that the scripture is intact, even from yeah. the the scriptures from, stuff. from thousands and thousands of years ago. Because I mean, they say that those a lot of those were twenty five hundred years old. Yeah, is the Book of Enoch in that? Yes, it was, and it um, apparently was read and I assume appreciated. It's not part of the Bible, but it's quoted in the Book of Jude, so. It's quoted. Yeah. So anyway, if there's a remnant of Israel, uh, you know, in Elijah's time, and also in the time that Paul wrote this letter, and and now, seven thousand. It, it sounds like somehow he's keeping seven thousand, or at least some number of a remnant that are saved by grace. Now, your um, most of your evangelical preachers would say, well, they're saved when they become Christians. Well, that wasn't the case in Elijah's time. They didn't know who Christ was. Somehow they were reserved and saved by grace. And if by grace, it's no longer by works. They, and why did God choose them? He chose them, I suppose, for his own reasons, different reasons. But um, there's a remnant. Verse 7, what then? What Israel sought so earnestly, it did not obtain, but the elect did, or the remnant of Israel did. The others were hardened, as it is written. God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes so that they could not see, and ears so that they could not hear, to this very day. 
And David says, May their table become a snare, and a trap, a stumbling block, and a retribution for them. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see, and their backs be bent forever. Lamenting against these Israelites who had their hearts hardened. They were not chosen. They were not part of the remnant. God says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, he looks on the heart. He doesn't look on the outward appearance. He had his reasons for choosing this remnant of Israel. And again, somehow, through the ages, they were saved by grace. Did they go into the presence of God? No. Because the New Testament shows us that there is no way to God the Father except through Christ the Son. Where did they go? Well, Luke 16 talks about Abraham's bosom. That's the way it's put in the King James. A place maybe called Paradise. Uh, a rich man and Lazarus died. The rich man had everything he wanted in this life. But he died with, with, without pleasing God. His heart did not please God. Lazarus suffered. He was a poor man. However, he apparently pleased God. I see people like this sometimes, and, and I, you know, they, they just roll with the punches. They don't go around stomping and spitting mad and holding grudges. and um, They just let bygones be bygones, and, and they just live. And I think when God sees that, it, it must please him. Um, when we think of all that was done to our Lord, Jesus Christ. And what did he say? Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. There are a handful of people out there that are like that. You know, uh, <laughs> this poor, poor young man was... He had some issues, and come to find out he was going to transition to be a woman because he had bought into all that. But he had come to one of our shooting classes, and um, just as nice a fellow as you'd ever want to meet. He, he ran some kind, I guess he still does, some kind of a marijuana farm out near melanated uh, melanated medicinals medicinals yeah he's all these plants and all these herbs and uh, I didn't know he was wanting to be a woman until I found his website after he'd done been here and left and um, he was just so I don't know maybe he was on some of his melanated medicinals I'm sure he was because he was you he know, was laid back I mean he was very, very, very polite very cordial so he's paid $400 to come to this class, and we mount his scope, Forrest mounts the scope up for him. It's First thing off the bat, the thing breaks. He's broken. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got no scope. And he's just standing there saying, well, okay, it's broke. Now, most people would have been stomping a hole in the ground. <laughs> you know, he just like looked down range like, well, I can at least look at the targets, I guess. <laughs> you know? He was probably stoned, which didn't help. He I mean. didn't look... He, 
I just think he had a good spirit about him, mm-hmm. and anybody can get confused, and he obviously was about his gender, but... Did, it, did he uh, just shoot, was it just a fixed sight? We had a scope, and we put on his gun for him, and he yeah. shot and enjoyed the class, and yeah, we wouldn't... Were you concerned about him maybe doing one of them? We didn't know anything about the transgender. Oh, no, we didn't know anything like no, that. No, I don't mean that. I mean, mm-hmm. Chris Pyle, you know, him going berserk and shooting people. We didn't know he was... You, you have know, that issue no matter what you, who you call Right, I mean, that, that's true. I mean, and you has, take you know. precautionary measures. I mean, you guys got a handgun. Yeah, we, 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 oh, yeah. yeah, we're both armed, you know, during the class. But, you know... But, but, but they could still you know, catch you unawares because look sure. at the scout that the see roll out of Iraq. That's who Rob was talking about. was helping, you know... Yeah, it was Chris Kyle, the sniper. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. When your day to go comes, it comes. And if it hadn't been that, he'd die on the way home in a car wreck. You know, uh, that was a bad way for the man to die after all he'd been through. But anyway, this fellow, if you'd have met him, you wouldn't have suspected any such thing. He's just a laid-back person. Um, okay. Verse 11 of Romans 11. I'm in the NIV. Again I ask, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. But if their transgression means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their fullness bring? There are a bunch of evangelicals today, you know, this like, and I heard it, I guess it was yesterday afternoon or earlier today. You know, these two guys, and you know, teachers that I respect, the one guy a lot, I didn't know the other one, but they were just on and on about how the Old Testament doesn't mean anything in this age. The, the Old Testament was for the Jews and they rejected their Messiah and, and they're lost and nothing in the Old Testament applies to the church. Wow, that couldn't be farther from the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when they said that the, the Jewish feast didn't have anything to do with Christianity, <laughs> wrong. We've been over that. You know, Leviticus 23, all those feasts have to do with Christ and the church. Christ quoted from the Old Testament many times. I know, times. I know. This Old is Testament guy. Very strange that, uh, that uh, some people could uh, could believe that. It's very strange. Now there's people that still believe in a flat earth thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on. Elon Musk put on Twitter, how come there's no flat Mars society yet? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. like all these flat earthers will pretty well accept that the planets are round. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, yeah. <laughs> when you look out there in space and you see a round Mars, and it's not like turning like a paper plate, like it's, <laughs> it's always you can't see Mars part of the time. <laughs> Or turning like a coin, you see this that's narrow what, edge yeah, of it. And it's like, this is insane. It's like a quarter spinning on its side. But, then, but we've talked about this, and we talked about it. We talked about it on our Bang Steel podcast. We'll probably talk more about it. 
the dumbing down of mankind. Yeah. It's been done through the universities. Uh, to me, a college education uh, today uh, is not a resume enhancement. What that tells me is this individual has been brainwashed. Mm-hmm. They've been taught to think in certain ways. Now, I'm not talking about years back. Some of y'all went to college. That was different. That Today, all it is is a as an intense brainwashing session. Indoctrination. Indoctrination. So you, you know there's no flat earth because cats would have pushed everything off the edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that somebody can actually believe that and the fact that they can believe that electric cars are going to <laughs> somehow... Solve the make-believe prices. Yeah, they, they believe that... That's see, oh, you've got this electric car and it doesn't emit any uh, carbon uh, emissions. Yeah, but you're charging it up with coal-fired power plants. You're charging it up with natural gas. Your 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 solar and your wind couldn't scratch the surface. They did a study here recently on how long it took a gas car to get up from the east coast to the west coast. Three days. Electric car, nine days. Because they got to stop yeah. and charge. I saw it. Two hundred miles. Of- I shared it on uh, with word of mouth that somebody took the uh, video and some of y'all may have seen it. Um, there was about 14 to 18 Lexus cars lined up waiting to charge at these four pumps or pumps, whatever you call them, charging stations. And the average time was 45 minutes per car, depending on how much juice it had in it when they pulled up there. So you start adding that up, those people at the back of the line were going to be... Hours. Yeah, hours. You know, this is stupid. But give them this. What if they could somehow generate electricity without coal and fossil fuels? What if they could do that? The grid can't take it. We We would have to make our power grid nationally at least four or five times as immense as it is right now. I mean, we have blackouts now, like Texas, was it last winter? Mm-hmm. Uh, before this past one, uh, blacked out because they couldn't keep up. And it happens in cities all the time. The, but see, people are dumb. And they think these kinds of things. You know, they think that this is somehow going to work. Well, we've seen where... Uh Ukraine was trying to get Elon Musk to shut down all the Teslas in Russia. And he could have, yeah. apparently. Yeah, they and can completely it, shut it off. Elon Musk challenged Putin to single combat. Did you see that? Uh-uh. I'm sure Putin's not going to take him single up on Single combat? Like, like, fist fight. Really? Yeah, and you know, I, Musk would do it, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, Putin's, Putin's not going to do it. Putin's pushing 70. I, I know. So, yeah, I mean, not obviously he's not going to do it. Beat up by a younger man. That's right. stupid. right. But, but when you say this about college, and I agree, uh, with the exception of a few technical things like you wouldn't want a dentist, you, you know, would, and things like that. But uh, the people that uh, propose these absurd things like electric cars and things like that, are they stupid or are they just uh, bought into a, a faulty system? Well, they've been they. A little, I guess you'd have to be a little bit mentally compromised not to analyze what you're being told. But even the doctors that are well trained and presumably dentists, they come out of these schools. Yeah, they might be a doctor, but they're 
liberals. Well, you know, knowledge and intelligence very different things. Sure. I, I, yeah. I mean, big difference because you can have a doctor that is fully qualified to remove, say, a brain tumor or something like that. And I mean, as far as say that goes, maybe that's the exact one, and there's nobody else you'd want touching you if you had such a problem. But they're not intelligent. You know, they have all the knowledge to do it because they've been trained to do it, and it's repetition. It's something that they know how to do because they have that knowledge. But as far as figuring stuff out on their own, mm -hmm. stuff like that, intelligence, I mean, you can and have somebody like that that thinks, say, Biden won the election legit. Mm -hmm. I mean, so... And, it, and there's it, a lot of people that think that. Right. Or how do you change a tire? Right, exactly. They couldn't figure it out, you know. But they could remove a brain tumor or do something like that, but they couldn't figure out how to change a tire. So, I mean, that's a big difference between knowledge and intelligence. I like that Facebook meme this guy's sitting in this doctor's examining room and um he he says uh the doctor's asking the do you have a gun in the house oh. and because they've been doing that they've been persuaded by american medical association to ask their patients you got guns in the house and the guy says i've got a gun in your office <laughs> <laughs> like all right that. let's read on verse 13 I am talking to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles. I make much of my ministry in the hope that I may somehow arouse my own people to envy and save some of them. Okay, Paul's talking about, I want to see some, some Hebrews, I want to see some Israelites come to Christ. Right? Carrying on, for it is their rejection, I'm sorry, for if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? Now, he's not talking about the remnant here. He's already established that the remnant is saved by what? Grace. And he does say that they're saved. They're saved by grace. And so they were chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it's no longer works. Um... I think that's it. That's something that, at this point in in this chapter that everybody needs to kind of keep firm in their mind that this remnant, um, he says, he's, I have reserved for myself seven thousand who have not bowed the knee to Baal, and they're saved by grace. But they went to paradise, and Jesus led captivity out of there mm -hmm. while he was on the cross having died and was in the tomb afterward, and it was three days. So he preached himself to the Moses, well, I mean, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and they went with him mm -hmm. to the side of God the Father. So, um, let's see, where was I? Verse 14, if the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. If some of the branches have been broken off, and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do not boast over those branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. He is saying that 
this tree, this olive tree, this is Israel. As believers in Christ, we're grafted into the tree. A lot of Jewish people fell away from God. God went out then and sent the word to the Gentiles. It's like in maybe Matthew 22, the, the feast was prepared, the wedding feast for the king's uh, son. And uh, the people who were bidden to the feast, to the wedding, didn't come. They made light of him. They just mocked him. And then others said, well, I've just bought this new field or I've got these business things I'm doing and I don't have time. So then the king said, well, go out to the highways and the byways and invite anybody you see so that my uh, wedding feast here will be attended, well attended. So here's a picture of the Gentiles coming in. So... Um, Verse 18, do not boast over those branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted. But if they were broken off because of unbelief, and you stand by faith, do not be ignorant. I'm sorry. They were broken off because of unbelief, and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant. But be afraid, for if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. What is he saying here? Now, we've read from Romans also, Romans 2, and you can certainly tell that the letter is not just to the church. It's to people who are going to draw close and mix into the congregation and hear these words because they're warnings against certain types of behavior. This type of behavior being warned against is boasting against Israel. Oh, that bunch of losers. Oh, that bunch of covenant breakers. Lucky for us, we're saved. Don't boast, he says. They were broken off because of unbelief. What might happen to you? To me, what he's saying there is if you find yourself boasting against Israel, you're not even saved yet. That's what it sounds to me like. And there's a lot of people out there in that category. Well, it says that Israel was broken off or uh, chopped down because of unbelief. Yeah. So unbelief would be the reason why you would also cast out worry Gentiles. about being uh, cast off. Or <clears throat> well, it says in Hebrews that if the angels who sin didn't escape judgment, mm -hmm. how do you think you will? Right. Same thing. And it's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It says in Hebrews, mm -hmm. a fearful thing. Verse 22, Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God. Sternness to those who fail, but kindness to you provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise you also will be cut off. This is not teaching us losing your salvation. He's talking to people really aren't, they're not in the inner court yet. 
And we saw that in chapter 2 as well. And this is, for, this is for a professing Christian to believe, or to read and understand and believe, you could be cut off. And it would be due to unbelief. It could be due to boasting. Don't boast over those branches. If you do, consider you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You hear it all the time. These radio and YouTube ministers and teachers talking about how, you know, the church has replaced Israel. Israel failed, so God had a second idea. God had a plan B. God doesn't have plan A, plan B, like he doesn't know what's going to happen. People are going to do what they're going to do, but he knows ahead of time what that is that they're going to do. There are others who just, when we get a little further here, we're approaching, I guess, the end of this chapter. When you try to teach them or talk about what the Bible is literally saying, they just have a knee-jerk reaction. They go into spasms, you know, and they yell, Dual covenant, you're teaching dual covenant. Guess what? There is a dual covenant. And it's very clearly laid out. But they fail to understand it, apparently. We're going to continue here. There's kind of a dual covenant. There's only one way to God, through Christ. But, you know, Elijah didn't go straight to God. None of the Old Testament saints went straight to God when they passed. They had a place that they waited and they were comforted until Christ led them out. I believe that place it continues to exist because there is still a remnant of Israel and they're going to die as the years pass but they're going to go there to the same place Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob went can't go to God the Father, don't know Jesus Christ yet, but they were saved by grace. Saved from hellfire. And ultimately they will be saved when the two witnesses of Revelation 11, presumably Elijah and Moses, they're going to be dead for three days. And they're going to stand back up and the world will freak out but the eyes of the world are on those two witnesses how could that be well when that was written everybody was probably scratching their head how could that be well you can tell how it could be right now satellite tv uplinks the whole world's going to see these two guys struck down and then they're going to start celebrating and then they're going to stand up because god has authority over death. He overcame death. All right. Verse 23, it looks like, and if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. After all, you were cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature. 
After all, if you were cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature, and contrary to nature were grafted in to a cultivated olive tree, how much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Messianic Jews, I wrote that in the margin there, underneath that in the spot. Jews who come to believe in Christ, and I guess by now there's been millions of them that have. Then it gets very interesting. Verse 25. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brother, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. So let me take a sip. And King James says blindness instead of hardening. Mm-hmm. That's right, blindness in part. And so all Israel will be saved as it is written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Boris, would you open that window over behind you? It's getting hot in there. stuff, stuffy, I think. Should be better. Well, that's where Israel is right now, in godlessness. Yeah. yeah. It'll turn godlessness away from them. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sin. You know, uh, and I wrote in my notes Ezekiel 37, 11 through 14, the valley of dry bones. He was shown a vision of bones coming together and, and then flesh coming upon the bones. But they had no breath yet, the Ruach. They had no spirit yet. You know, apparently most of Israel is uh, atheist even. They are. They don't adhere to... They don't worship idols like they did at one time, but they turned from God. They may have made money their God, as many people do. Verse 28. This is the pivotal verse... It says, as far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies on your account. Well, that tells you right there, they don't believe the gospel. They don't believe that Jesus is the Christ. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies on your account. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Wasn't it uh, the sacrificed animal that split in two and Abraham and the Lord walked in between the parts? They made a covenant. And his gifts, it says, and his call are irrevocable. He's not changing that. He's not backing away from it. Just as you, who were at one time disobedient to God, have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, so they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. 
For God has bound all men over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. Israel concluded in unbelief. I wrote that in my margin. And he finishes by saying, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom of, and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. How could Israel be enemies of the gospel at the same time they're loved on account of the patriarchs for God's gifts and his caller? They must have a place. If he put them in blindness, if he hardened their hearts, you know, to me that sounds like a Calvinist. You know, I'm going to harden your heart and I'm going to put you in hell for it. My favorite uh, analogy of, of Calvinists uh, is like a little dog race. And Jesus has got the starting pistol. And he's going to fire the gun. And the dogs are going to take off. And he sets his foot down on the tail of one of them there when he pulls the trigger. That's a Calvinist God. That is not the God of the Bible. But that's how they would have it. So... What are these um, Israelites that are enemies of the gospel but still loved on account of their fathers because his call, his, 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 his covenant is irrevocable? He saved some of them by grace. We know from other writings in the New Testament that they're not with Christ or not with God right now. They haven't, they haven't submitted to Christ. Throughout history, those people have always done that. Hot and cold, hot yeah. and cold. Well, it says there's a remnant. If there was a remnant in Elijah's time, there's a remnant when Paul's writing Romans and whatever the date was, early first century, and then a remnant now. Even when they were hauled off up to Babylon and when they were uh, later on uh, the uh, Assyria, and, and then uh, God called Ezra to go and rebuild uh, and, and actually named Cyrus as the guy that was going to get it done. And uh, he went and rebuilt. That was the remnant. Huh? Wasn't Nehemiah? Nehemiah. Did I say Israel? It's it's uh, both counts. There was yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, so he's always had that remnant, and and always down through history, there's always been a a, a core of people in the Jewish faith that have been faithful to the covenant. Yes, and and God is mindful of that, and. Um, for the sake of the Gentiles who would come to Christ, he's holding the certain ones in, in darkness, certain of the Jews. But we're not to boast over them. This is what's being taught there. Do not boast over these branches. There's a lot of that that's going on. We're not teaching that these... Jewish people are going to heaven to see God the Father when they die unless they would go through Christ as a, what's a messianic Jew. In 2 Timothy it talks about right, the boasters 
and all that sort of thing. About yeah. what? Boasters. Second yeah. Timothy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, every human being has the opportunity to come to know God. Now, if you're part of the remnant of Israel, you're held in blindness, you will still, if you're part of the remnant, you're going to make it. You're going to be there. You live into the tribulation, you're going to be sealed. It sounds like the remnant's at least 144,000 people by the time the tribulation rolls around. 144,000 Jehovah Witnesses. That's what they think. Yeah, and then after their their cult got above 144,000 people, they had to change that because they said the Jehovah's Witnesses were the 144,000. That much harder. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> they're all have to <laughs> when, when you're not believing the truth, you're always hitting speed bumps in the real Bible. <laughs> of course, now they teach if you if you ring at least a thousand doorbells in in your life, it automatically moves you to the front of the line. Did you make that I up? Or that. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. So, um, the, we encountered some characters that were teaching serpent seed from William Brown. And that, I mean, teaching that there are people walking around out there that have no chance of, uh, of, of salvation because they are genetically, you know, now, let me clarify, I think that there are offspring of fallen angels out there right now. I, I'm not 100% sure, that, like, obviously, there is still fallen angel DNA in some people today. The traits of it still show up. Six toes, double rows of teeth, stuff like that. I don't think people, especially that far down the bloodline, are damned to hell. I don't believe that. Uh, even though they still obviously... The, the body they got right. was, was was altered by, right. just like, you know, just somebody being born with deformities of any kind. Uh, they're not damned to hell because, you know. Right, of course not. Um, but, but I guess, you know, the point is there, you know, if you're believing that God is going to allow a soul to be created that has no chance, I mean, that's straight out of hell. I mean. Well, that's what William Branham taught. And uh, that man was straight out of hell. Oh, he's roasting. Oh, big time. I mean, as the more we uncovered about that character, the more vile the individual. When was he around? Fifties uh, and sixties. He died real early. I don't remember him at all. Like in the fifties. No, he died in I think sixty-five. But he had a cult going, and uh, he hated women. Well, I mean, he some of the things he's on recordings. Yeah. He's, you know, we listened to some. Yeah, he he believed that Satan designed the woman. Is literally. Yeah, that's what Branham taught. Was yeah. Satan designed women, and uh, he taught that. I saw that on TV once. <laughs> <laughs> I was married to one of them. One day. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of truth in that. I think. Um, so but there's so but there, there's all these. <laughs> there's the serpent sea. Yeah, well, you know, Jesus told some of the Pharisees, you're of your father, the devil. And, and the Branhamites, they just glom onto that. Well, th- yeah. that's in John 8. And the way that you disarm them of that is early in the chapter uh, when they say we are the seed of Abraham, Jesus immediately says to them after they say that, I know that ye are of the seed of Abraham. 
Later in that same chapter, he says, if you were of your father Abraham, you would do his deeds. You do the deeds of your father, the devil. So he's, Jesus is either contradicting himself there, or he's talking about a physical seed and a spiritual seed. I think that's exactly it. There is that spiritual seed that people turn against God. They hate God. Well, he said, he said that not all Israelites are Israelites indeed. That's right. Right. Yeah. right. And he talks about that in Revelation. Um, but, um, you know, uh, there are not people groups out there that... Are damned to hell. That, that are just born born to die in hell. Uh, now, what do we have if uh, a fallen angel makes a hybrid in this day and age? They may be out there. The Bible says in Genesis 6 that they were in the earth in those days, the Nephilim, the giants, and also afterward. But obviously the Nephilim had children, so I mean, I don't believe that I, there's either going to be a certain point in which the they're not... Like I said... Today, there's traits of the Nephilim stuff, and it shows up in humans. Because, yeah. like, way down the line, great, 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 great grandfathers, you know, were, were that. You know, I don't believe those people don't have a chance. I, I think that there's probably a, you know, and, and even too, you got to think, I, I, this is something I thought of a long time ago. It's like the Nephilim themselves. It's like, okay, they were created beings, so. I'm not 100% sure they don't have some kind of choice because if we're to believe that they're, you know, their own personal created being, I mean, I would have to believe there's something that they could have done to improve their situation. Now, the fallen angels obviously know, but I mean, the Nephilim didn't have any say in being created, so I mean, you got to think... Were they created in the image of God? Well, apparently, because, I mean... Well, they had human mothers. Human bodies, yeah. They had human mothers. They had... A fallen angel for a father, and uh, you know the Book of Enoch says that demons yeah. are the souls of these Nephilim killed in the flood. Yes. So their bodies died, and then their 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 spirits are out here. It, it's possible that none of them would have chosen to do right just simply because of their fathers were so evil. It, that's possible, but I mean, I would have to assume that they, you know couldn't just pop into existence to be hell fodder with nothing impossible that they could do about it. It seems crazy that the fallen angels had the apparatus to breed with human beings. But yeah, right. A fallen like, angel can manifest in any shape. You know, we see in Hebrews, you may have... that capability for one reason. He says you might have entertained angels unaware. Well, I believe that aspect. And they look like a human being. Well, I guess at the end of the day, any holy angel... And any fallen angel, they were they're literally the same created beings. They just made different decisions. So any attribute or any ability that a holy angel has, I would have to equally believe the fallen ones do too, because they are the same things. The you know? American Indians talked about the shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. You ever hear about this? Mm-hmm. And they would see these things, and it's a coyote or it's a wolf. And then the next thing, it just stands up like a human being, a vile-looking beast of some kind, too. They talked about the shapeshifters. Now, if they were not hallucinating... If they weren't hallucinating, then maybe, you know, what that's what they were seeing. Um, 
you know, if, if you can entertain angels unawares, then an angel, and the Bible says you can. It doesn't say you can entertain a holy angel underwear. It says angels. It just says, yeah. You know, uh, there are some freakish characters out there that seem to be able to do things that shouldn't be humanly possible. You know, some of these magicians, quote unquote. Right, not just talking about the sleight of hand. I mean, anybody can learn that, but like the literal, you know. Weird stuff. Like impale a, yourself in, and come out okay. Uh, that's yeah. <laughs> That guy, David Blaine, that dude called Chris Angel, it was one of the other things David Blaine was on that morning show and he, he asked one of the hosts for her, her bank card or a credit card and she gives it to him and, and uh, he says, now just hold it out in your hand. And she, it's on camera. Yeah. She's holding it in her hand. I think and, I see And that. it just comes up out of her hand and starts flying in a circle around them and around and around and lays back down in her hand. They're freaked out. Now, I don't think that that was done with anything other than Satan's black magic. And there's more and more of that going on as the world inches toward the tribulation. Well, that happened in the court of the Pharaoh that one time, remember? Sure, that's right. Sure it did. Yeah. But he was only able to go so far. And then after that, uh, they didn't have enough power to be able to replicate what Moses had going on. It, it was interesting that Pharaoh's magicians, they could make more frogs, but they couldn't get rid of the frogs in God's <laughs> yeah. You know, they could, they, could, uh, they could turn a stick into a snake, but they couldn't, you know, improve on their plagues when, when God sent them. Wouldn't you think Pharaoh would have gotten a message after a while? Like, man, this is some heavy. Well, he well, did eventually. Well, but yeah, he wound up like <laughs> he's had it right, down. right a little bit earlier on. You think? Probably three thousand years and counting. He's known the truth, but um, you know, he says it says his heart was hardened. He had hardened his heart. It will mm -hmm. say that first, and then you know God sees what he's what he's all about. You know, just fine. Have have it your way. You know, I'll harden your heart the rest of the way. Have it your way. Right. I mean, I've heard some preachers say, God will help you do whatever you want to do, whether it is good or evil. And that's... Well, he'll let that you is do the it. Case. You know, if you're... If well, you're, no, and he'll, he'll help you to do it, too. If you want to do what's wrong, I mean, it, it you know, he will harden your heart even further. And well, in that respect, yeah. Right. You know, uh, you know, he won't help. Right, you. he doesn't assist as far as like you know Com committing evil. Right, deeds, but right. as far as enabling you to, yeah, uh, I mean, it, well, God we doesn't tempt anybody. No, that's right. Why well, we have human volition? People like to ask the question: Why is there so much evil in the world? The answer to that is there are evil people in the world. Mm -hmm. Why are there evil people in the world? Because God lets you make your own decisions. And they he said men's deeds will get worse and worse in the end. Times. Yeah, and we're seeing that happening right now. Oh yeah. But uh, just to kind of recap, um, it is not a dual covenant exactly. God's covenant with Israel is different than his covenant with us through Christ. But ultimately, the Israelites who are of the remnant, who God looked on their hearts and said, I am going to choose you. You've not bowed the knee to the devil. You've not given yourself over to Satan. Bowed the knee to Baal. I'm choosing you. You're part of my remnant. Now, we don't know how many there are. 
144,000 by the time of the tribulation. But uh, they uh, get sealed on their foreheads because otherwise they would not live through the tribulation. This seal somehow keeps them from dying, protects them. There's, you know, and just to touch one more time on how this chapter finishes up. Don't don't miss what this says here. Chapter uh, chapter eleven again. And it looks like verse thirty three. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable His judgments and His paths beyond tracing out. God is infinitely infinitely more complex than we realize. There is a lot that he has given us in this word. Look at the the, the size of, of, of the Christian Bible. Um, there's a lot in here. Every bit of it is valuable information. And we have to take it all out and understand it. I remember I've got a Weber gas grill that I got from Flying J for some kind of safety. It was a $1,000 grill. It's funny, like two weeks later, they sent me another one by accident, and I, I didn't keep it. <laughs> and um, I, I just told the truck driver, I said, I'm not supposed to have this. You need to take it back to whoever shipped it. And I told my bosses, you know, thanks for the second grill, but I don't need but one. <laughs> uh, did I ever tell you about that? Yeah, I think so. So I'm out there in the driveway and putting this thing together. Oh, I got this. Yeah, I got this. Oh, yeah, this goes here and that goes there. And I got to a certain point where I had all of these things bolted on to the wrong sheet of metal. <laughs> Guess what you get to do now? Read the instructions. Yeah, read the instructions. Take it on. Not only read them, but do, you know, look at that carefully and think about what you're looking at. And then don't just dive right in. And there's so many theologians and, and you know, uh, pastors and churches, they, they know just enough of the Bible to be dangerous. And they'll teach you things like uh, all the Israelites are in hell and the church has replaced Israel. They'll teach you that. They'll teach you all kinds of screwball ideas. And um, Why? Well, they haven't read all of the instructions. And worse than that, let's say I didn't want to take that grill back apart and do it right. Let's say I just decided to whip out a drill and start popping holes in pieces that didn't need that it weren't made that way. So I could fix my mistake. That's what these preachers will also do. I call it wordsmith in the Bible. They find something in there they don't like. They find a verse that says, As far as the gospel's concerned, their enemies on their countless fourth elections concerned, they lived on account of the patriarchs. Uh, now, you know, we don't know what that really means. The only thing <laughs> I can tell you is it means these Jews are going to hell. That's what that means. <laughs> this is how they do. This is how they do. It, te- it says what it says, it means what it means, and we learned in the book, one of Peter's books, that 
Scripture's not given to any private interpretation. No. What that means is you don't get to decide what it means for you. It means one thing. And one thing only. And and what our goal is, is by God's Holy Spirit to understand what it means. He says in 1 John 2 and 27, you don't need any person or man to teach you. You have the Holy Spirit to teach you. And I have learned throughout the years that if I've got something scriptural, spiritual, heavy on my heart, and I want an answer, God takes me right to it. He'll show you. He'll show any of us. He wants to, he wants to do that. But he wants to see that you are desiring to know it. If you're not that curious about it, and you just want to pile up some rocks and put the grates of that Weber grill across them and light a fire under it and cook a burger, that's, you know, that's your prerogative, but you're not getting the good out of what you have. There's too much of that. Let's uh, go ahead and figure on closing here then. We're right at an hour, not quite, but close enough. Join hands. Bob? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of fellowship together. We do greatly appreciate the opportunity Dan and his wife and Forrest, this family has provided for us on a weekly basis. And without it, you know, I think we can drift far off and we, we can't afford to do that. Not in this particular day and age. It seems like this world's fast approaching its expiration date and we just want to be prepared. Always be mindful of what it is that you've done for us, given us this plan of salvation that we've all bought into through your grace on, yes. on the cross. And we thank you, Lord, for bringing us again together again. We pray yes. for those who are not here tonight yes. and that they may join us next week. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Give us safe traveling mercies on our way home tonight. Yes, Lord. We appreciate all you've done for us throughout life. Amen. 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 Amen.